Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Hobby Addicts. I believe this is Hobby Addicts number 155. So thank you for tuning in. I'm your host Mitsuki and I'm joined by two friends from around the country. Starting off with Mandy, we have the lovely Mandy from Cincinnati. Hello. How are you, Mandy? I am doing okay. I'm here and I can't, I'm, I'm excited to hear what's going on in the world of hobbies. Oh good. And we also have Enzo, as always. Hailing from his apartment in Brooklyn. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I've had a very packed weekend and week, last few weeks actually. But as always, I will make time to be here. I love you. you. I love you too. So,、uh, as always, we're going to be sharing with you what, what we've been up to in our hobbies lately, just kind of connecting you with us a little bit more in our personal lives. And of course, if you're listening to this, you have contributed to us either through our website, through Patreon. Or elsewhere, and we love you for helping out the podcast, and we hope you enjoy another episode of Hobby Addicts. So, I'm going to talk about something a little bit different today.、Uh, I won't spend too, too much time on it, because、um, I've been playing a lot of piano lately. So,、mm, a, lot nice. of you, a lot of you know that, Jinx, a lot of you know that I,、um, <laughs> that I, I play piano, and I was blessed to be able to learn piano from my grandmother for like t- probably for more than 10 years when growing up. I probably started when I was about five or six and then have just pretty much played since then. And at this point in my life, after, after you've been doing something for you know, at least 20 years, you, you generally get pretty good at it no matter what it is. And so、um, there's a piece of music that both my mother and my father really like a lot that is from a movie that they, like, I guess, watched a lot when they were in, back in their romance days. And the theme song for this movie is Rachmaninoff's, is the 18th variation of Rachmaninoff's Rhapsody on a theme of Paganini, which is like a very small section of a, of a much larger concerto written by Rachmaninoff. That even having played piano for, you know, 25 years or whatever, I don't think I could play this concerto, honestly. It's about 30 minutes long. Uh, and would, and, is, and, the, and the, orchestra, the orchestral score is 120 pages long. And it's,、um, it's the kind of thing that, that, like, that like a world renowned pianist would pack a 10,000 person concert hall just to hear, just to hear it performed.、Um, but this one little tiny, like, like 18th variation section of it is just like this beautiful、um, little simpler section from the middle of the piece. It's about three minutes long. And. I, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of learn it in secret and then just bust it out of my parents one day. And they're probably going to be awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're both just going to like crumble and start crying. So,、oh. but like, I think that, I don't know, it's kind of like a little gift. I do that sometimes for, with piano stuff. But、um, I also want to talk about Paganini for a second because I'm, probably no one knows who Paganini is just in general. I'm guessing neither of you know who he is.、Um, The piano dude? So, Paganini was one of the most famous violinists. Is he a violinist? Yeah. Yeah, in Europe. Are you sure he wasn't a Panini maker? <laughs> his name Damn. Is, 
<laughs> his name is what delicious. a great name. <laughs> his name is delicious. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm my so name sorry. is Panini Master. <laughs> my name is Panini Master. I'm master of paninis. In uh, case you couldn't tell. Do you think yes. there is a panini master in the world? Yeah, it's me, baby. Damn. Oh shit. <laughs> so um Nicolo pa- Paganini was an Italian violinist that was born in the 17th and 1700s and he was so good at the violin that people back then believed that he sold his soul to the devil in order to achieve his skill because it was he was so mesmerizing when he played that people thought didn't think it was possible even in like an age where like a lot of people played violin and piano and classical music even in the even even in that classical era he was so good that people were convinced that he sold his soul to the devil in order to achieve that and he played it up he he played it up too like he would go to he he would perform in dressed in black and you know in in an outfit that would you know make you think he was all you know maybe had something to do with the devil or whatnot um and some of the stuff that he would do while playing would be like he would saw like enzo as someone who plays this who plays a string instrument you can try to imagine i love the saw yeah he would saw one of his, his one of his violin strings part of the way through so that at some point during like a, a a greater performance the violin string would break and he would immediately on the fly modify the way that he played the song in order to uh, to account for the fact that he was missing one of his strings what the fudge yeah and um so this guy is <coughs> just totally crazy and the, he there there are some rumors and stuff about him online that you can look up but there are some of the things include. So he was also considered um, known to be a womanizer back then, and um, he. So there were some rumors that he, like, had killed a woman and trapped her soul inside of his violin. Like this. Bad, <laughs> oh, that's just, awesome! Just like badass stuff. <laughs> not so, murder. Murder's not awesome. It's just like a yeah. cool story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, if you look it up online, you can read about um, Pagan Paganini and so many of these. You know, musical composers like Franz Liszt and and um, Rachmaninoff, etc., have written variations on his themes. And so this this like this this rhapsody on a theme of Paganini, which is a a freaking gorgeous piece that anybody should listen to with 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 headphones on, is is from the section of the piece that I'm like gonna be uh, that I'm that I've been learning, um, and it's. It's just cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of cool to have something like that in your pocket. So, I'm I have been it. listening to nothing but violin music lately. Interesting. <laughs> so, I was just looking at my list because I'm not great with names, but yeah, mm-hmm. he has done a few that's on my list. Have you also been eating paninis? <laughs> no. I, I can't remember the last time I had a panini, actually. Paninis are great. Mm. Paninis they are. Good are. Good to, they're good, man. Cheesy. I, it's been a while. Um, yeah, it was Sonata in A major that was on my list. So, but um, yeah, yeah I have neat. a long, complicated history of the violin because <laughs> I played for nine years in school, but I was oh, forced wow. to, so I hated it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, because okay, it yeah. ran through my family. Like my brother did it, and I was forced into it, and then my sister did it. And when I graduated, my sister got my bow. We had a bow. We had a violin that's been passed down to the family. Okay. A very, very old violin. But um, did it have a woman's soul in it? Maybe. Per, it pro- it, it, I mean, probably has on, my it, soul in it somewhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Let's let's. You think Mandy yeah. doesn't have a cursed violin? Like, if anyone has a cursed violin, it's fucking Mandy. Oh, it's, oh, it's Mandy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mandy oh. has a cursed violin for sure. I, yeah, I do have yeah. really bad luck. So, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. 
my um uh my my piano playing is I I normally keep like the romantic period so my go tos are like Brahms Chopin Liszt I don't know why it is that I like music from like that romantic era which is I don't know roughly like eighteen twenty to eighteen ninety maybe mm-hmm. composition but you know I'm just back in the day back in the day you know back so in the day. yeah mm-hmm. I don't know I. And my my um when my grandmother died um a few about six years ago or so, she she was she was amazing by the way she she had she had over fifty piano students even when she was eighty eight she was eighty years old she had fifty students, and then she eventually had to retire because she was just like so arthritic she just couldn't um, yeah I can't handle. I can't imagine those hands having to like you know teach. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad when you're arthritic like that because your hands get all like scrunched up and it's hard to play. Um, but like, I think it was hard for her to even just stand or sit at the piano anymore. So mm. when you go, when you're that old and, um, but like when she died, they gave away, they had to give away one of her upright piano that they had upstairs cause nobody wants an upright piano. And, uh, and, yeah. the, and the grand and the grand, the seven foot grand Baldwin that she had, that was like pristine. Holy fuck. Dude. They, she uh, had one. Oh yeah, man. She, um, they get, they had to, they, they sold it for them. They only got $5,000 for it. Which, that's like, that's which, so like, free. What which, like, the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah, which like broke my heart. And don't, she, she, don't those go for like twenty k? More than like a, a concert grand Steinway will go for like a hundred thousand. What the fuck? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. Holy so, shit! And she had a she has she had a concert grand Chickering, which was the company that predated Steinway. Steinway bought Chickering, and my mother still has that piano. I I wouldn't, yeah, don't, I, would, don't, I wouldn't let her yeah. sell it. No, so, not. but like, I don't have room for a nine for a nine and a half foot grand piano. <laughs> so, not right now. Not right now, but someday, <laughs> someday yeah. I'll get that thing refinished and have it sh- have it shipped across the U.S. to the tune of like fifteen thousand dollars, probably. But it'll be yeah, worth but, it as a family heirloom. Like, yeah, that's that's a fuck, dude. That is a beautiful heirloom. Yeah. Like, wow. So I'm, I'm really, tearing up just thinking about it. Holy shit. I'm thankful that my mother's willing to like fill part of her house part of her apartment with it because she has a, like a big living room so and i keep telling her that she should play because it's like you have this amazing instrument and you and you played piano like your whole youth <laughs> it's right here for you but she just doesn't you said yeah. it still works oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean nice. because my grandmother taught on it uh, you know she had mm. to she got like the but keys kept retuning retuning the keys got replaced once you know you, you get you get it restrung like, like restrung like restrung dude to, wait hold on two re to to re to continuously yes. repurpose that <laughs> piano you had to not you had, you had to bring in an expert like a high tier expert to do that right for like a concert series grand grand piano they have like they're like piano tuners and stuff that will um that will be able to come in and, and tune it and or, or or get like or get the get the hammers replaced like getting the hammers replaced is, is one of the things that you would do to a piano like that because you know when you're when you've got kids playing on it all the time you know the, the hammers it's a lot more than it's a lot more usage than you would get from a uh a piano that's sitting in like a like a concert hall you know what i mean right yep. and and so you know you eventually have to get the hammers replaced because some people may not know but like a piano is got has got has 88 hammers inside of it and, so and crazy. technically, pianos, pianos are insane, dude. <laughs> te- technically, a piano is a string is a, is, a, is a percussion instrument. I know. It's a, well, so well, isn't it, isn't piano like both categorized as percussion and also a string instrument? 
I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not really sure. I always thought it was a strings. We I had it in like, our orchestra. I feel like it's, it's, it's like people have called it both to me, but mostly a string instrument. I mean, if you Google it, I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure what you'll find, to be honest. I'm trying to find a picture of my grandmother's piano foyer so I can show you. Um, oh, dude, no, I'm going to cry. But before That's we, enough to make me cry. Before we move on <laughs> from this, but, but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of piano lately and it's awesome. And um, I haven't really had a lot of time in the last month or so because I've been spending so much time like applying for jobs and and studying things for job interviews and just shit like that that you know the, the time just disappears but um, piano piano like guitar which I'm, which Enzo might, Enzo might talk about is all about yeah. muscle memory. So oh, yeah. 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 If if I if yeah. I find so, this picture I'll post it for you so you can yeah. look. So <laughs> It was funny because actually recently my sister and I were fighting over the violin because <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't touched it in 16 years. I want to play it. But she was here at the same time. She's like, no, I want to take it home. I'm like, we almost fought over that fucking violin. But it needs to, it needs a lot of work. It needs new strings. It needs a new bow because yeah, uh, she broke the bow. <laughs> I um, <laughs> fucking to go. Yeah, to go off what Mitsugi was just talking about, like I was also going to talk today about that. I've been playing guitar a stupid amount lately, like a ridiculous amount. I have stayed up to 3 a.m., 4 a.m. like many days playing guitar lately. Life's, life's been pretty interesting lately. A lot of things feel like they're going in a really nice direction. Um, I'm really trying to accept that and not freak out over the fact that things feel like they're going in a nice direction. Um, Why would you freak out about it? Just because you're concerned that it'll, that it, it'll stop? It, or? It, I don't... It feels weird to me sometimes to be in a place where things are going the right direction because I lose the sense to need to work hard. And oh. me working hard is a big part of me. So I, it, I, it's a weird mental thing for is me. Is it like weird. a complacency thing? Like you feel contented, so you... Yeah, yeah. If, if, I, if I feel... Yeah, I feel like I fall into a place of, of what was that word you just said? Complacency. Contented. Okay. Yeah, if I feel complacency. Content, yeah, if I feel if I feel complacency, I start to worry that I'm not doing something. Mm. Um, it's something I had to, I've had to work on a lot are, in my are, life. <laughs> are you that Are you that guy that that if you've been sitting down and playing video games for like three hours, you you start to feel like you should be working? No, no, no. because I'm I am. I do that all the fucking time. No, I I. <laughs> I don't feel that because it's so it's not like I it doesn't take a lot for me to feel what I need to feel for that to go away like if I'm playing Overwatch for example I feel like I'm working towards that diamond rank or that master's rank right so like that that quenches me there I have gotten my sense of inspiration back and what I mean by that is for example yesterday I went on a date right and it was nice cool girl really sweet after the date, I was walking towards the train, and as I'm walking, I had that feeling of like, "Oh, that's a nice melody." A melody hit me in my head. I was like, "I need to, I need to rework that out." So I got home and I worked it out. I found chords I liked, and I hummed a whole song. I wrote it in like an hour, like a two-minute, nice, easy song in two hours. And like, I haven't done that in a long time. Like, I haven't done that since like six years ago, and I was like at my peak of guitar playing. Um, so if that, so I've been, I'm like really excited and I have been, I'm back on my chord book bullshit, which is what, what I call my, my coffee shop chord book <laughs> bullshit where I go to a coffee shop. So backtrack on that. The way I keep track of all this, of all the songs I write is I just record demos on my phone, like on my phone, I'm on the iPhone's voice memos recorder thing. 
Um, so if I come up with a if I come up with a two chord verse that I really like, I'm like, okay, I want that for later. I take my phone out, I record it, I just play it over and over again. I record it like a, like a, a one minute version of it. I slap it on my phone, and then I take that recording. I listen to it like all all day next day until I come up with some words or some like or a chorus or like a lead line for it. Or whatever I build it over time, and then to 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 remember what chords I use because because if, if I don't if I don't if I lose track of that recording and I don't listen to it for two months or something, I will not remember what chords I use. Oh well, yeah, I, I don't have I don't have perfect pitch right, so like I could have found the prettiest chord in the world and then not remember what what that was, like at all. Um, that so drive you crazy. Yeah, and I've done it enough to where a couple of years ago I bought a chord stamp. And a chord stamp is just it's a little stamp. It's it's in the shape of a guitar neck, basically. Um I bought that stamp, I bought an ink pad, and I bought a notebook with thick paper. So what I do is I write I do this demo thing on my phone. I go to a coffee shop, I take I take my stamp, my ink pad, my notebook, and then I I stamp like for however many chords were in this demo i stamp onto the piece of paper and i circle in where my fingers were for each for each chord and then and then i write my thoughts on that demo like hey like i'll write like listen to demo labeled whatever the fuck i called it on my phone for this one downstrums only accentuate the fourth beat um slide onto this and then the open strings are optional um you know hum gently raspy voice loud voice blah 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 blah. use these lyrics like here's the main hook blah blah blah. so then the future enzo can look at that and be like oh that's what i did okay let's finish that song um so yeah so i'm doing that again i haven't done that in fucking eons so long so i am so happy to be playing guitar again it feels like like my calluses are back my fingertips are like (laughs) fucked up and scarred again which is nice (laughs) how are your how is your musical theory but I've never I was I've never been literate. Yeah, I'm not theory. I'm not really good at. Th- I mean, I can I I can read sheet music, but I um I, I never really studied theory. No, I well, my I put course together based on I I learned a lot of songs back in the day, and just I just found common chords that come after stuff. Um, so that I like I know that, and then I know then I just fuck around too. So if I if I find like a lead line that I liked. I'll be like, hey, what notes were in this line that I wrote? Like, oh, that was a B, C, whatever. Then I'll, then I'll, I'll be like, I wonder if that order in chords works too. So then I'll, I'll play those chords in, in that order and be like, okay, that does sound good. I'll, I'll play these chords and I'll use the lead line over that. Um, so, yeah. But I wish I knew theory though. That's something I wish I knew because <sighs> I'm sure that makes life a lot there's easier. There's so much to it. <laughs> I know. There's no way I'm going to get into it. There's no way I'm going to get it down. There's no yeah, way, it's but. just like, and also it, and also it's like learning how to read music is a lot like learning how to speak a language, and it's so much easier when you're young. And it's just like I, I've gone back and tried to like learn how to sight read music, and it seems it just even for me who's like you know playing fucking Rachmaninoff, Paganini or whatever, like it seems like impossible. I'm like, my God, it's just so hard to to do. I mean, and I, and I wish I had I had you know, properly d- done that as a student, you know, when I was younger. So all I remember is face F A C E. And then you can figure out all the other <laughs> lines between those. Great, great big dogs <laughs> fight animals. All cars. Yes, that all, is what we learned. All cows. Great eat big grass. dogs fight animals. Every good boy does fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember we had all kinds of weird shit to remember. Uh, the different lines. 
But then, but then when there's like a third ledger line above the staff, what do you do? You suck. You're stuck. Yeah. Because all cars eat grass. All cows eat grass. Doesn't go into the ledger line. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Then you're like, fuck. It's a mess. <laughs> oh goodness. Some some sheet music is so complicated. So co- like especially classical stuff is so is written in such a complex way that. I don't even understand how people can just can just look at it and play it. Like my my piano yeah, professor same, in dude. college could just rip through like like a Chopin prelude or something without even without even hesitating. And I'm like, how can you just look at this and and just play it? You know, because I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm literally studying all the dynamics and stuff, trying to trying to wrap my head around all of it. And she'll just freaking play it. And I'm like, well, I guess that's why she's she's a piano professor at a college, but. You know, I'm like, God, like, how is that a thing that you can do? And I'm super envious. So, yeah. The thing, I mean, yeah, you get to a point where, like, your fingers are just talking for you, dude. Yeah. Like, you're you're just reading and your fingers are talking back. Like, your fingers are reading the page for real. Like, gen- like it's it must feel the same way it feels that when we read a book, you know? It's like. It must, it must feel that way. It's like if I could read, if I could read music the way I play music, I could probably just play anything. But I'm missing yeah. that 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 like extremely essential component. That is, I don't know. Maybe I should keep trying. It's easy to get lost in sheet music too. It's very easy, super well, easy. To me, yeah. to me, it's insane how like professional musicians that sight read are so good at knowing. Just like you know how because in sheet music, the like when they make you repeat something like eight times, like how people just do that accurately i would lose my i would lose my shit on the second repeat i'd be like what the fuck you know no oh no i, I understand what you mean exactly oh, yeah. okay and all the rules of sheet music too like the codas and yeah all that all that stuff all that mess all that it's mess. all fucking it's 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 all really cool though like um but yeah no i'm i'm a simple man writing simple songs from the heart baby what i love is um going going and seeing like an orchestral performance because you have 30 40 musicians that all have a that all have a, a you know a, a role to play in, in in the music and the music is this grand creation and you got to have like 30 or 40 people that have individually spent thousands and thousands of hours getting to where they are and they're all and it's like this huge blob of humanity working together to perform something that is like otherworldly you know like a something like a you know like a like a like a Mozart concerto or something, and it's just mm-hmm. cool that everybody can just be on the same page, all all forty of these people, and just hit it all perfectly down to the beat. You know what I mean? So I found this photo of the four of this foyer. And oh I'm gonna, please! I'm gonna I'm gonna post it in the in the in the chat for you. So, but yeah, so I always kind of I always kind of um admire uh or musicians for that for being able to like collaborate and work together so the piano on the on the left in the photo is the nine foot piano and the one on the right is the seven foot but yeah so yeah that's insane yeah they yeah when, when they sold the house they gutted that whole room and uh and it's, it's a nice fucking house dude well yeah, and the, the house was got massive chandel- got a little chandelier hanging over two grand pianos man that's some that's lavish yeah i mean well in west virginia uh, you can you can uh, buy a house true. that's like godlike for, you know, three hundred k. Three hundred k buys you you know a six a, a six to seven bedroom 
palace with like with like seven bathrooms, which is what this place was. Yeah, but then you're so, in West Virginia. Yeah, but then you're living in the middle of friggin' nowhere. So <laughs> and, and the land is worth nothing, you know, which is why it's uh, you know, which is why that's the case. What you got, Mandy? Bring it on, girl. Oh, okay. So um, I binged a ton of anime this past week, and oh I played a new game. So, um, well, so what anime did you watch? I binged all of Honey and Clover. And you did? Yeah. Dude, that's one and of me and Mitch's favorites. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I binged all of that, and I watched the um, anim- the movie for I Went to Eat Your Pancreas. So oh, I have now you, read the you, manga, read the novel, and watched the movie for it. I Want to Eat Your movie. Pancreas. Yeah. I love that title. Um, I feel like, oh man, it's... I feel like I have so many conflicting emotions about it because I'm already like really harsh on things that uh, portray like terminal illness as like a way to manipulate emotions or to make healthy people feel better about their lives. Like, you know, like I <laughs> it really it's thing. yeah, it's such a frustrating thing for me. So I'm already really harsh on stuff like that. But this one was very blunt like and it's not a spoiler it's straight out like it's the whole premise of the movie is that Mm. um you this there is this girl who has some kind of pancreatic disease and she it shows you at the very beginning the ultimate end of the movie which is she is in her last stages of life she is has only a year left to live and and the entire movie is that this she hasn't told any of her friends because she doesn't want to worry them because she feels like if she tells them then they'll be too worried about her and not like have fun with her and that's not what she wants she doesn't want them to be depressed so but there's one boy who does discover her issue because he was at the hospital at the same time as her and so now they have like this secret together and um, he's a very he's his entire personality is kind of the opposite of her. So they do actually end up hitting it off because she is very happy and she doesn't mind joking around about her, uh, her illness at all. And he's very cynical and is unfriendly with people mostly. And so the movie is that she wants to. Uh, spend the last moments of her life with him, and she's writing a book called Living with Dying. Damn. And it's about like what she wants to do with her final moments and them growing closer to each other. So it's very uh, blunt right at the beginning. This is the premise of the story. It's all about her. So I, I had, you know, had an easier time with it. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is really interesting. And plus, I have a pancreatic issue. So right. it was something that I heavily related to. But also because of that, I was very nitpicky about it. Because I was like, I have seen her eat so much food and has not taken her enzymes once. How is she even <laughs> digesting her food? But um, Which also, I'm also like, I don't understand what she could have where she's about to die in a year. Like, I'm not a doctor, but... I mean, I am severely pancreatic insufficient, and I'm not I'm not going to die next year that I know of. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was very... I don't know, though. Despite all of the nitpicky issues I had, it really hit me really hard, because there were a lot of things in it that I was like, this gave me so much to think about in terms of, like, how you should spend your life. And, like, and, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything but it does subvert your expectations and towards the ending and that uh ending 
I guess could be felt as like a cop out, but also at the same time, I was like, this makes so much sense regarding the entire message of the movie. And it hit me really hard, which is why I read the novel. I read the manga that I watched the movie because I was like, man, I, I realize that there are issues. But at the same time, I'm like, this hit me really hard and it's became really important to me. So, yeah, there was it's, that. And then I also, oh, sorry, God. It seems, uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously I'm, you know, looking kind of on the outside of the, from the uh, on the issue because I don't have, I don't have a similar type of, of health problem, but it seems to <laughs> me that like a movie that has, you know, terminally ill people in it that are, that is sort of gearing to make non-terminally ill people feel better about themselves. That sounds, that, that rings like really offensive to me. That feels, ter- yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, I really mean, it offensive. happens a lot. Like, for example, there was a cystic fibrosis movie that just came out called, uh, what was it, Five Feet Apart? Because there's a rule with cystic fibrosis that if two people with CF uh, are ever in the same room, they have to stay five feet apart. And so they made an entire movie about cystic fibrosis um, patients falling in love. And... Yeah, it's very manipulative because it makes it's the entire point of it is to make, you know, healthy people feel better about, you know, like or like to better appreciate their lives and that they don't have to go through this. And that kind of stuff really pisses me off. Like, I don't know, I'm very harsh on that kind of stuff. But I know I also know that I'm not in the position of those people who don't have the illness so i don't know is that a thing though like why would two people with cystic fibrosis have to stay five feet apart yeah because we all have different bugs in our lungs so for example i have non-tuberculosis mycobacterium which is a cousin of tuberculosis and there's no cure for it um the medication that i would have to take for it would cause me to lose my hearing so i haven't taken it and um, it's passed around by, uh, water or like, um, water that's in pipes. So normal people, like normal healthy people who don't have cystic fibrosis, it's the type of bacteria that would go through your system and it would just pass through. It wouldn't affect you. But because we have all of this hot mucus in our lungs, it's the perfect breeding ground for it to thrive. And it, once it takes a hold inside of your lungs, it's almost impossible to get rid of. But, for example, my sister, though, she doesn't have that. But if we were ever to drink from the same glass, if we were to ever, like, accidentally use the same straw, oh, if we were somehow touch each other in a way where my bugs could get into her, she would be infected. I see. Okay, so, I gotcha. But because we cough so much, we could also cough it out. So they say five feet apart is, I guess, the distance that, uh, like, stuff can, you know, bacteria can come out of your lungs when you cough. So they want you to stay as far apart as possible. And I know in that movie, the girl is ready for a lung transplant. And the guy who has not been taking care of himself is filled with loads of bacteria and different kinds of bugs. So if she gets infected with that stuff, it can ruin her chances of getting a lung transplant. So she does it for love. Yeah, it's really annoying. That's so dumb. <laughs> I feel so ignorant. I like I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, my my disease is really awful. <laughs> it's very complicated. It's, it's very complicated because it targets everything in your entire body. But yeah, I wasn't expecting to go into that. <laughs> um, outside so, of that, I did play a game called Baba Is You. 
Wait, I want to know what you thought about Honey and Clover, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the fuck? I know, How I, have too, I did too much shit. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed Honey and Clover. There's some parts that I was getting really frustrated with, though. <laughs> um, were they the whole, like... Because Haru is... Uh, her name's Haru, right? The, the Haru's... No, it wasn't Haru, though. What, what's, what's you mean, this? like, because uh, she looks Hagu, so childish? Sorry, Hagu. Or whatever. It's Haru. Haru. They call, her ha- they call her Hagu, but her name's Hagu. <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I got frustrated with Hagu, but... Oh, I was getting frustrated with, uh, was it Mayama and Wait. Yamada, or Ayumi, or what was her name? The uh, oh, Yamada the, the... and Mayama. Those two were frustrating me. <laughs> it was mostly him clinging to this older woman who was like, uh, oh man, I don't want to go into spoilers if people haven't watched Honey and Clover. But, but y'all should watch it because it's yeah. in my top ten of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good, but there were definitely some frustrating moments where I'm like, God, just give up on that woman already. <laughs> I know. But he's whipped. Ugh. He loves. He loves. Cause she's like grieving. Yeah, and she's also yeah, yeah. She's not like he's just he's like He's just ugh, a dumb kid. He's just a I, dumb I get kid it. who wants to who like wants to protect her or whatever. Yeah. But it's also because she's hot. Like it's not like it's fucking. Is she though? Is she though? I don't know. It, it's been a I don't, it's been a hot it's, minute. Since yeah, it's I've been seen a hot minute. Clover. Been a hot minute. It's been like I, could could easily have been a decade since I've seen Honey. I Clover. guess everyone else yeah. does say she's really beautiful. So maybe to them she's beautiful. To I me, I'm what, like I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'd li- I should watch Honey and Clover again. There's a second one. There's a sequel, is it, and it, is, sequel's is good as well. Two. Yeah, I think it's twelve episodes. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. It's good, yeah. It won't, but, let, it won't disappoint you, I'll, I'll say that. Mm. Takamoto, though, is so relatable. Extremely relatable. That kid. Uh, I need I need to know, who, who who is he again? The main dude? Yeah, the main, well, yeah, the, main yeah, the one with that kind of, kind of grayish hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. very relatable, 1,000%. Yeah, because, man, because he goes on that mission, too. He's like, I got to discover what I want to do with my life. Because yeah. I feel like he doesn't, like, he's in this art field, but doesn't feel like he should be. Like, he's not good enough. He can't find a job. And so he's, like, so stuck. Like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. That's so relatable. Yeah. Dude. And he has, like, breakdowns and um, stomach ulcers because well, of it. That's a really big theme of that TV show. So Yeah. yeah. Is it the whole, the whole, I mean, the show starts with that whole bike metaphor, right? Yeah, the Where spinning he's yeah. wheel. Yeah, the, the spinning wheel. wheel. Yeah. Um, and the Ferris wheel. Yeah. You know that that's why that anime hit me hard when I first watched it because it was in that same dude. I'm telling you, it was in that same era where I watched that. I watched Beck. I watched Nana. All that shit, all at the same time, was basically pointing to me being like, "Yo, wake up and like figure out who you are, dude. You are young, but you don't have all the time in the world." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I'll go do that." <laughs> but Morita is best character. <laughs> Morita is he's he is he is so like fucking quirky. But the coolest thing about him though is that like. He's quirky and weird, but like, but you know, to them, but he's also like incredibly hardworking yeah. in his own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's awesome. Like, he's great. Yeah. It's a good he show. He is my favorite character. I love that guy. What is, <laughs> uh, we're running out of time. So, what is Baba? Uh, you are, what is it? You are Baba? Oh, yeah. Baba is you. So, um, Chibi Rob from our Discord uh, and our friend introduced me to this. So, Baba is you is a puzzle game that is by, um, Hempuli developer? I don't know. I know it's, I can't, I don't know the studio's name, but I think it's Hempuli. But uh, it's on 
Windows PC and it's also on the Nintendo Switch. And it is a puzzle game where you're like this little rabbit guy and um, the level is filled with like walls and different kinds of objects and it looks very simple, kind of like, I don't want to say pixel graphics because it doesn't look like pixels, but it looks very old. And it's very simple. And there's a bunch of different little um, words all over the place. There are like objects, there are activation words, and you have to push those words around and combine them to change the rules of the level. So um, when you always need a something is when and Baba and you always have to be something. So, for example, if you combine like if you take Baba as you, but push key to replace Baba, then you will be able to move around as the key. And uh, if you put together like flag is win, then is if you take whatever character you are and run it into the flag, you win the win the level. But there are also a bunch of different uh, rules. Like if you like if it says wall is stop, then if you try to run into the wall, you can't move past the wall. But if you can somehow get rid of wall or get rid of stop, it'll break the uh, rule and then you can run through the wall. And huh. so it sound, it starts off really simple. The farther you get, there's more and more rules. Some of them are pushed up into corners where you can't change the rule at all. It's impossible. And so that rule will always be consistent. But um, it gets really hard later on. <laughs> I am four hours into it and I am in the second world, I think. I, I completely 100% the first world. Which is like a water world. Now I'm in an island, and yeah, it's oh, it started difficult. with a water world, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> usually it's like a usually usually it's like a grassland or a it's always like a grassland, you know? Yeah. And everything with Sonic, Mario. Yeah. Yep. Friggin' Jack and Daxter. <clears throat> all the it's always it's, you, you, the water world. You usually like Jack the, and Daxter. What a great game. Yeah, the original. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, what a fucking great game. Yeah. Water. So yeah, it sounds like it's simple, but like there are words like that are out of reach, and you gotta try and figure out how to combine the words that you are like available to you to try and somehow get the words out of the places that you can't reach. And some, my favorite thing is turning yourself into the entire wall. <laughs> I put what? in like wall is you, and then all of a sudden you can move around as the entire wall. <laughs> That's my That's favorite a part. Super unique idea. Yeah, it's. It's uh, sounds simple. When you look at it, it's incredibly hard. I highly recommend it if you like puzzle games. And it's on Steam and the Nintendo Switch. But not really PlayStation, cheap too. of course. No, unfortunately. Nothing is, nothing's ever on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, all the indie games are now releasing on Switch, which is like the indie platform game. It's great. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up here so we can get into our main podcast. Glad that uh, that was a good conversation. We had a little more time than usual for it. I hope everybody is listening. We all have like a, we all have some like music on the background. That's why we're so smart. Oh shit! I don't know about that. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> all right. We're dumb as hell. Uh, sometimes I wonder about yeah myself. Yeah. <laughs> all right, wrapping it up, guys. Thanks for listening in. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.